Playoff time is when things start getting serious on the court. Players are more driven than ever to win these big games and keep advancing. Goodyear knows all about being more driven, too. Working hard to help you advance on and off the road. Let Goodyear.com help you choose what's best. I think, Wendy, you're probably in the same age range. I bet you at one point you had a belt with a, a name embroidered in it. Not embroidered. Um, yeah, you buy them at the store. You, you, there's like a list, yeah. Yeah, Come you got a belt with your name. This like, uh, no, my, my, my what belt's a bunch in of, timber. What a bunch of dweebs you must have been. <laughs> uh, first of all, hey, I, I wore those I wore those rustlers with swag. Don't even. With your name on the belt? I'm sorry, the swag goes right out the window. Well, when I was like four or five. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. It's Christmas Eve. Happy holidays to everyone out there. Um, we've got uh, joining us uh, Jackie McMullen, who's got her family with her in Boston. Uh, we've got uh, Timothy Band McMahon, who gave his daughters their Christmas presents right off their Christmas list. Um, how did they know that they get whatever you put on their Christmas list, McMahon? Wait till they start asking for cards. Oh, I've already gotten that taken care of. I've got a plan. Don't worry, Wendy. Okay. It involves it involves staying employed. So, <laughs> shout out to so, Christina Douglas. Be careful. <laughs> be careful what you say on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, and Andrew Hahn got up early today and is spinning the dials in LA. Andrew, do you have to work on Christmas? Um, probably I have to work. You're also, always- it's Brian Winhorst in the Hoop Collective. Oh, that's right. Thank you, Andrew. You're welcome, McMahon. You're going to the uh, Rockets Thunder game, I would assume. You would assume incorrectly. Oh. You know what they say about assuming. <laughs> so. I am going to the Blazers Jazz game because ah. we need somebody at every game. And so we've got Rockets Thunder covered. Oh, Royce Young and Mike Wright are actually going to handle that for us. And I'll hop on a plane in the morning and be covering the late game tomorrow night. I'm sure there will right. be a lot open in Salt Lake City on Christmas. <laughs> oh, my yeah. goodness. Don't count on it. So I want to talk about the Blazers, actually. Well, for, no, first off, I think we have to talk about what happened last night um, in in Portland uh, involving the Blazers. The Blazers won the game, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that will not be the memory from the game. Yeah, no uh, one's going to remember that ever. <laughs> uh, Luke, the shot that Luka Doncic hit to force overtime was one of the most breathtaking shots I've uh, I, I think I've ever seen. I was... My mother is visiting uh, us here for uh, the holiday, and I was she was doing an annual tradition, watching The Sound of Music, and I was looking at my phone when Doncic hit that shot, and I exclaimed and had to watch the video many times over. It was disturbing, The Sound of Music songs. Was it an, appro- an appropriate exclamation, or did you have to apologize? Honestly, I do not recall. Um, by the way, before I mean, I, I hope everyone has seen it. If you haven't seen oh, seen how it, how can you not? <laughs> my gosh, pause this podcast and go get it on Twitter. Um, and by the way, let me just say uh, the pass that Jalen Brunson threw was a brilliant pass. Got well, it in the corner, Luca. Oh, how did he do it? How did he do it? That is 
Incredible. <laughs> Jackie, what did you think when you saw that shot? You know, he was so, he was fading so far away. I thought, okay, I know he's terrific. And, and then now, of course, I've read about how he practices these half court shots and he has this range. And of course, Tim McMahon has shared that with us before, but I thought, it can't possibly have enough, right? That's what I kept thinking. He was fading so well, – I guess it was left to right, wasn't it? Left to right, I guess. Uh, yeah, he was yeah, fading left to right. his right out corner. He ended up right. way out of He was behind yeah, the uh, backboard Yeah, it was uh, just, when he left to go. You know what? The, th- the thing I thought of was what incredible body control. That was the first thing I thought of because it, it reminded me many – now, I'm taking you in the way, way, way back machine. But there was a game during that great 80 uh, – no, maybe it might have been 85. It was one of the great Celtics teams that Larry Bird hit a not quite a spectacular shot, but it was in the corner as time expired. And ironically enough, against the Portland Trail Blazers, mm. fading – I think he was fading right to left, hit it and um, put his hand up like he already knew it was in, just like all Doncic's teammates did, right? Everybody knew it was going in. Right, that was I was going to say – incredible the, thing. The, Yes, yeah. the ball is like about it's scraping the ceiling, and you've got Jalen Brunson and Wesley Matthews underneath the hoop already celebrating. Yeah, I mean, they from, knew from yeah. the time that he let it go. It's not like they were surprised it went in; they started celebrating. Yeah, it's you just saw, adding to the legend of this kid, right? That's what, and, and it's funny to your point, Brian. Nobody even cares that they lost the game. <laughs> Nobody even cares about that. Well, the Mavericks do because it's a no, winless right. road trip, and now they've right. got the worst road record in the league. But it's crazy; right. they go zero and four in this trip. Super competitive, though, especially against the Warriors and the Blazers on both ends of the back-to-back. And then Luka was just ridiculous on the trip. I mean, there was two straight games where you punch in his stats in the basketball reference play index and say, okay, which teenagers have done this? It's like, oh, the list is Luka Doncic and LeBron James. You know, And, he, and even last night, I think it, you add Lonzo Ball and Kevin Durant. I mean, he's doing things that like we've rarely, if ever, seen teenagers do, and he's doing them on a consistent basis. And, uh, you know, obviously, Luca, I mean, the, the hype machine is going bonkers for this kid. Uh, and it's not just the media. I mean, it's players. It's Draymond Green, Kevin Durant. It's, you know, last night, Damian Lillard's got shit over him. Um, but, man, I'll tell you, Jaron Jackson Jr. drilling a step-back three in LeBron's face is the dagger for a 27-point, I think, eight-rebound performance in a road win in L.A. was pretty impressive. Uh, DeAndre yeah. Ayton going on for what 27 and 16 i think it was yesterday he's been pretty impressive he's yeah, actually he's been playing great he's been playing they've been playing great mm-hmm. as a team the suns yeah he's yeah. got five straight double doubles i mean it's a special top of that rookie class so andrew um i think maybe we should share the story uh so what was it how many days ago did charlie widows come in um what what story are we talking about? <laughs> uh, do you remember we're charlie widows from the clippers was asking about that that draft. So anyway, uh, smart guy. He's worked for the Knicks and the and the and the seventy uh, sixers, uh, and now he works for the Clippers. And he was saying that if you had a draft where you could draft anybody in the entire league, all four hundred whatever guys, mm-hmm. and you could oh. just draft them. Thank you. <laughs> yes, and you I'm could sorry. and you could draft them uh, right now, like you know, and you it was almost like a fantasy draft where you you know you had to go in order. You know, one, each team got a, a pick in the first round, blah, blah, blah. Would Luka Doncic be a lottery pick? I think so. Well, this was four games ago. <laughs> and I said, well, he'd definitely be a first-round pick. Yeah, lottery pick, that's – you, you got to do the numbers, right? 
you got to do the numbers. And I'm doing the numbers thinking I'm drafting this kid and I'm getting at least 15 great years out of him. I that's don't a, know about uh, that. You, you're getting um, that's, that's a little bit of hyperbole, my friend. Shenanigans. shenanigans. Well, no, oh, there we go. He'll be, that he'll be – the, the, no, nineteen plus fifteen is thirty-four. There's no hyperbole. He will be he will be LeBron's age in fifteen years. So. Oh, well, yeah, well, no, we're oh, not you're saying fifteen great that. years. Oh, okay. Well, was, you're you're comparing him to LeBron James. No, I'm just saying you're getting a fifteen-year window. And I'll say, look, I'm not comparing him to LeBron James, but I know every time I'm punching his stat line into the Basketball Reference play index and saying what teenagers have done this before, it's him and LeBron. I'm saying he is a you know. He's the kid will be special. I, I will go. That ain't hyperbole. I will. Hey, add, don't, oh, no, yeah. don't listen. Yeah, to we me. all agree. With listen that. to Draymond Green. Listen to these. You know, uh, will he be the best player in the league? I don't know. But I, if you put, if you put over under on ten All Star appearances, I'll take over. I mean, this is the uh, this was the point of the the fantasy draft that Brian is mentioning in that story, though, right? So Tim is saying that. Luca is one of the fourteen players that you would start a franchise with today. That's that's the gist yes. of the, that that draft. Yeah, yeah, and I. But my point oh, wait, is, wait. Ahead, uh, but Jeff. are we including like Durant and like yes, everyone? Every, yeah, yeah, everybody. Everybody. yeah. So that right. I mean, that, okay, and you, yeah, but it's not a slam dunk. Durant piece. Now you're going to get thank you. That's all. I mean, you got. Thank let's you. just do that, it. That's let's what play I. The that, game. That, that's what I said. Game. Let's play the game. LeBron, Durant. Steph Curry, James you, Harden. To, to start a, to st- oh, what? To start a, because you're, with LeBron, you're getting what, three, four more years? I'll take 15 years of Luke oh. over three or four more of LeBron. Well, maybe well, no, you that, will, but not everybody will. Yeah, not everybody is that the will. premise though? Are we talking about all these players at their current age? Yes, at their current age. You're starting yeah. over today. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that, I don't know. That's why I'm, that's why I'm, I'm talking about his age. You're getting, a general, you've got a generation to build around. Whereas, okay. like with LeBron, you no, got I get what, that, but, but let's keep going. We still we haven't gotten to Giannis yet. We haven't gotten to Anthony Davis yet. Kawhi, I mean, yeah, Kawhi. Like it's 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 not that he's not a great player. There's just there's a lot of great players in this league that have been doing a lot longer. That's all I'm saying. I'm not I'm not going to doubt this kid or or put cold water on this wonderful career he's in the middle of or not in the middle of it, the beginning of. But it's just, you know, perspective. That's all. Right. So I just think that you're trying to call shenanigans on the Luka Doncic uh, hype machine. No, I'm not. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm just saying that before we we anoint him as one of the top 14 players in the league, let's do the math. That's all I'm uh, saying. Different, different, though. I'm not saying right now he's one of the top 14 players. I'm saying if you say you get this guy for the rest of his career, he'd be certainly one of the first 14. Yeah, but, I mean, games. McMahon, there, there's a you know, there's a certain – there's a risk to everything. I mean, we, we don't know how healthy he'll be. We don't know, you know, all this stuff. I mean, there's a certain unknown, but – Yeah, and he could eat his way into being well, I mean, just really good instead of, you know – But but, but you could argue – Or it could go the other way. He could get some conditioning and then become an absolute monster. Monster, right? And they that's what the fight. Mavericks are hoping yeah, for. Of course. Yeah, of course. They got and they, they have the staff to try to make that happen. So. But you but you could also argue that Giannis could is gonna be great for another twelve years. Oh for sure. Giannis and, you know, and look easily. Aaron Jackson Jr. I think is, is gotta be in consideration. He's doing things as a nineteen year old that are absolutely well, ridiculous. It, it, as long as you're looking up video of last night, if you look up the video that McMahon mentioned where uh, he gets a step back three uh, over LeBron to ice that game against uh, the Lakers in L.A. Um, if you watch the replay, you will see how stunned LeBron is 
about how fast he got that shot off. Shot off, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Be- because he's mm-hmm. uh, and this is know, a six eleven rim protector hitting a step right. back three, right? And the way that he stepped back, step stepped backward, and and released it, it was like, wow, it was like one of the smoothest moves uh, you'll see. Jaron eight to shoot, one on one with LeBron James, step back three, bingo! Holy cow, what a shot! Jaron Jackson Jr. with ice water in the veins. Buries the triple over LeBron James. But, um, you know, I, I think it's interesting, uh, uh, you know, so that night after it was the first time I saw Luca play, I went and saw him. He had 32 against the, uh, the Clippers that night. The Clippers looked fantastic, though, and they won. But um, mm-hmm. certainly he was impressive. <laughs> but then the next day, LeBron was answering questions mm-hmm. about his um, his Anthony Davis comments. And he was. Uh, and 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 he LeBron was like sort of uh, expressing frustration and um, being sarcastic and everything all at once, and he was yeah, saying, "Hey, this firestorm that I intentionally started, I can't believe this firestorm got started." Right, but that was there was a, there was a separate issue that came out. So he was listing off the players that he's like, "Oh, ask me if I want to play with Kevin Durant. Ask me if I want to play with uh, I can't remember who else he said, but he included Doncic in that." Yeah, that's spiel. what I'm saying. Luca's already on LeBron. So, like, even ask me if list. Even if even if he was being sarcastic and sort of patronizing to uh, the people who are, who are criticizing him, um, he at the same time, like, and this is just some of the, the amazing thing that happens in LeBron's orbit and the, the the power of his words is that he lists Luca in that list, and like everybody's like, "Oh my God, he just he just listed Luca. He just listed Luca." And in fact. Andrew, Charlie did text me uh, asking because mm-hmm. because I was not um, I was I, I did not believe that that Luca was a lottery pick at that point. I you know certainly a first round pick, but I wasn't ready to say lottery pick to start a franchise with. And uh, you know it's arguable. You could present a case both ways, um, but Charlie definitely. We, we should we know. should do that as a project. Oh, Andrew, we have the we should have the build our own team. Uh, for the future draft. Should I not have said this, Andrew? Because Andrew and I talked about doing this on the offseason. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, like, hey, what are you guys uh, doing tomorrow? Like, let's just... <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Nothing. Jumping on a plane and going to Utah. No, I'm kidding. But, I mean, the thing that was about LeBron, I was laughing. I was like, I asked me if I want to play with Kyrie Irving. That's what I really wanted. Uh, oh. I, like, no, I think he did. He did. Kyrie did was on that. that list. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. I didn't you have to ask Kyrie both ways. Him. You have yeah. to ask both ways. Yeah. Um, but um but yeah but so that was um so that was a just an amazing moment and that shot that is a chance to be the shot of the year um well, it can't be the shot of the year Brian cuz they didn't win now, exactly uh, so that, i guess that, that's that, fair that, yeah. um so the lakers lost last night at home we mentioned uh the grizzlies um it was a, it was a good win for the grizzlies coming into la uh, and winning that one the lakers have now lost 4 out of 6 um i think they're in a tie for 5th um, in the in the West, but they're you know I, I mean it's kind of silly to look at every single day standings, um, but just to illustrate also kind of fun, right? Just illustrate how tenuous everyone's position is. The, the Lakers are um, essentially except, the tie for fifth, except for those Denver Nuggets that we never talk about. I'm I telling know. you. They had a. Uh, you should give the Denver Nuggets a little more love, Mister Winhorst, on your Hoop Collective podcast. They had a uh-huh. they had a bad loss. Who they lose to the other night? They had a bad loss the other night. Um, Jokic got ejected. Oh, it was the Clippers. Yeah. Uh, 
Was it Clippers? Clippers. Yeah, who who had been struggling suddenly, and suddenly they're playing well again. Jokic well, they, has been Jokic is well, unbelievable. I lost he, last night. God, he is so much fun. Jokic is he, so much fun. Well, the Clippers, um, they've been terrible. Uh, they went on a road trip, and they I think they played like seven out of six out of eight on the road. And they just got eaten up, and they came back home. And they just they have been one of the best home teams in the league. They're eleven and four at home, um, and have played one of the fewest amount of home games. In fact, I think they're tied for the fewest. Actually, uh, Utah's played the fewest home games, but they're tied for the fewest uh, or second fewest home games in the conference. But anyway, the Lakers. All right, they're actually still in fourth. They're tied for fourth, a three-way tie for fourth. Um, but uh, their schedule coming up is, is somewhat difficult. They uh, obviously play Christmas Day at Golden State. That is no gimme. Uh, then they play at Sacramento, and here we are uh, at Christmas. Sacramento is three games over five hundred. Um, and to the dismay of the Boston Celtics. Yeah, um, uh, no kidding. <laughs> that, yeah. anyway. So let's just say this about the Lakers. They're tied for fourth. They're in a three-way tie for fourth at Christmas. They have yet to play the the, the Warriors at all, and they've yet to play the Thunder, the, the, you know, the two of the top three teams. They played mm-hmm. Denver uh, twice, and they're one and one. Um, but two of the top three teams in the league, Denver and, and Golden State, or uh, Golden State and Oklahoma City, they have not played yet. They play both in the next week for the first time. Oklahoma City comes to L.A., um, LeBron has not missed a game. Now, they have had some injuries, uh, and most recently, JaVale McGee has, has missed four games with a terrible um, – I think Shams um, reported it was pneumonia. At the very least, it was a very serious uh, – was, yeah, was hospitalized. Chris Haynes report. Yeah. Oh, Chris Haynes? Oh, I apologize. Um, hmm. Chris Haynes. Um, anyway um, – you know, and obviously um, Ingram has been out, Rondo has been out, uh, so it hasn't. It has like everything's gone perfectly. That said, um, they have had, uh, you know, they've they've played more home games than road games to this point. Um, LeBron has not missed a game. They have not played, you know, two of the best teams in the league at all, and they have four games with both, and yet they're in a tie for fourth, um, a three-way tie for fourth. You know, they lose the next two games, they'll be maybe an eighth. So. What do we think about where the Lakers are right now, Jackie? Um, you know, they're, whenever you have LeBron, you're going to be in the mix. I think it's gone a little more smoothly than I expected at times. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're interesting to me, but I still don't consider them a contending team. Uh, they still have some issues, as you know. Um, they're, I think, points allowed, just a basic defensive statistic. We could go deeper into their defensive statistics as we want, but they're still in the bottom third of the league in points allowed. Um, so they still have some things to work on. It's, you know, the biggest question for me, Brian, as we go into the spring, into the new year with the Lakers, is can Brandon Ingram and LeBron James play together? And the numbers tell us so far, mm. not very well. And that, to me, is the single biggest issue for them going forward. I agree with that, and it's interesting. At this point, I'm not sure that Brandon Ingram missing time has necessarily been a, a negative in terms of wins and losses, but that is something where they've got to figure that out. And then the problem is uh, if Brandon Ingram is more valuable as a trade piece than he is as a you know as a fit for this team, it's not like he's exactly done much to, to boost his value. And then, you know, the... Wendy, well, I, if uh, if they do, I mean, you know, are they kind of hand, 
handcuffed in terms of trying to seriously upgrade this team uh, this season. You know, if they're if they're all all trying to make sure Anthony Davis, uh, you know, maximizing the chances of him getting to L.A. You know, do they have to kind of hold all their all their chips? Well, you know, if they do any trade, and which is one of the reasons why they wanted Ariza, they've got to do a trade that um, where they don't take on any money because they want to protect that max yeah. slot. They work too hard to get there. And when they when they negotiated the Luol Deng buyout, he gave back a lot of money. I, I don't know why he gave back as much money as he did. I guess they were just he was just desperate to get out of there. Mm-hmm. He now just doesn't play in Minnesota as opposed to not Jeez. playing in L.A. Um, but they were able to negotiate it just enough down to get a full max slot. So they have it. I mean, we, we don't know exactly where the number is going to come down yet, but – like even if they were to you know make it like I at one point I remember that you know they were like will they trade for Kyle Korver? Well, Kyle Korver's got three million dollars guaranteed next year, and losing that three million, um, would have even if they had just waived him, it would have put them out of position on that max slot. That's how tight the numbers are. So yeah. you think of all the guys they can trade for, you, you narrow it all the way down to well. We have to trade for guys where we don't take on money. Then the second thing is their biggest trade chip in terms of an expiring contract is probably Contavious Caldwell Pope, unless another team is mm-hmm. just you know going to be compensated like with the draft pick to like take somebody else on, which I guess is possible. But when you start looking around, you say, okay, who would they, who can they trade Contavious Caldwell Pope for? And KCP has a uh, has a no trade. Well, it's not a no trade clause, but he's got a he has the ability to avoid all trade right. because of his contract. So, you know, and my my guess is since since Caldwell Pope has to realize he's not likely to be re-signed in L.A. anyway, um, unless they strike out in free agency and have to give him money as a placeholder again, he he probably would be amenable to a trade, but he's not going to go somewhere where he's going to be third string. Um, so well, the, you know, the, the Rockets so, are the Rockets have sniffed around on him, and then you get a. You, there's a couple issues there. Number one, you get the okay. How, how do you make the money work on trade? Because they don't want Brandon Knight back because they absolutely have zero interest in the next year of Brandon Knight's contract uh, being the Lakers. Number two, if you're the Rockets and it's a however many month rental of Contavious Caldwell Pope. Is that you know? Do you want to give up a, a first round pick for? Yeah, I mean, you you need depth. You, you know, he definitely would would play off. off no way. <laughs> I'm gonna stop you bench, right there. But no. yeah, listen, no this this I think for the Lakers, Brian, and you you know you can correct me, but the idea isn't to worry so much about this year. So right. Brandon Ingram, like I found the numbers by the way. These are just through the end of November, not December. Um, Points per 36 minutes with LeBron James on the court with Brandon Ingram, 15.1. With him off, 29.5. Assists per 36 minutes with James on, 1.9. With James off, 4.7. Field goal percentage with James on, 44%. With him off, 56%. Net efficiency with James on, negative 0.3. With James off, plus 12. Those are astounding. Okay. Now, that's only through... The end of November. So well, he's, he's only he's only played a couple of games in right. December. So that's right. right. And I'm wondering yeah. what are how many minutes like how, how many minutes does he play without LeBron because those are like all star caliber numbers. So it was a it was. Do oh, you have it, Jackie? But I mean, it it was a representative number. He played over. I right. saw those stats. He played over 400 minutes with LeBron. Yeah, played uh, maybe a hundred something yeah, without significantly him. Significantly uh, less without. Yeah. But, yeah. but here's what I'm going to say about it. If you 
are looking ahead, which clearly they are, and you need chips. Brandon Ingram, I mean, whether he can play well with LeBron or not, I don't think anybody, I think there's plenty of people that would be interested in Brandon Ingram. Okay. And so why would you trade him now? I wouldn't. That makes no well, sense. Well, you'd only well, trade him unless, for Anthony unless, Davis. Only yes, for Anthony right. Davis, right. And, and, and they're so, not trading him during And this they're game. not trading him now. So you hang on to Brandon Ingram, and you hope that these two can figure it out. So LeBron, this is a, such an interesting moment. So the Pelicans are you – now they're, they're on a West Coast trip, so I don't want to – but they are – I don't want to say in a free fall. They are – yeah, they're struggling. They're not doing well. They are. Well, Miritich, Miritich has been out. Yeah, he's been hurt. Only played six games. I mean, they've had all kinds of health problems. And Miritich is a big loss. No depth. Big loss for them. They've lost four in a row. They're now four games under five hundred. And and I mean, I, again, the West is tightly bunched, but at this moment, they are fourteenth in the West. Now, it must be said that they are three games out of uh, eighth. So it's not like they, you know, they could put together a six-game win streak. It's no reason to quit but you know lebron they have not won since lebron made the comments um now granted it's been a hard schedule but they have not yeah won i don't think that's that's a comment. Uh, i know but it's just lebron has the ability to destabilize things he you know even with his words <laughs> with, i think i think I was that's say, with, with his say. team with his team or others that's exactly right so um but i, I just think i'm just going to be honest here um jackie i don't think I think even if the Pelicans have to trade him, I think it's kind of like the Spurs. Like the Spurs really had no interest in sending Kawhi Leonard to the Lakers. Yeah. And now at the end of the day, if the best offer was with the Lakers, the Spurs would have done it. I don't think it was an ironclad no way. But right. if it was anywhere near close, the tie was not going to the Lakers. Right. And I think the way things are going here, I think – like, I think in one way it was kind of interesting the way LeBron made this a conversation right now. But I don't think he helped the cause because I think that it's very unlikely that – I think the Pelicans would exhaust all opportunities before trading him to the Lakers. I think the Suns did that with Trevor Ariza. <laughs> you can imagine the Pelicans doing it with Anthony Davis. Well, but here's but, the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the big but, and we know this already. If Anthony Davis, you know, we all know the Celtics want Anthony Davis and everybody else, by the way, stand in line. If Anthony Davis says, well, I appreciate your interest in me, but I'm going, that, that, you know. But didn't gonna, Paul George you know, say that? Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, I was Paul it's, George it's, as but, but when you when you do that, you when you make that kind of statement, then the value your your team that's trading you gets for you. Is right. significantly less. Right, but you know, uh, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard, he wasn't trying to go to Toronto, and they said, "Oh, okay, you know, we don't care. We're going to take a shot at this." And well, then obviously okay, but, things but, are going great there. But but here's the difference, Tim. Here's the difference. Toronto went to the postseason how many years in a row, and they knew they had to change. They knew they couldn't yeah. win Demar Derozan. The Celtics know no such thing with their core. They know no such thing. I think Brian wrote this column. Was it last week or two weeks ago? That Boston is basically ineligible unless they trade Kyrie. Along. Yeah, till the summer. Yeah, but yeah, they're but not gonna. They're not gonna they're trade. Nothing's gonna happen then. before then, anyway, yeah. Andrew. Okay. Yeah, so we're talking in the summer. I mean, I, I would just say just to leave a door open because that's what we have to do. I suppose it's possible if the Pelicans lose ten out of twelve or thirteen out of fifteen, and they sink to a level where there is no hope, um, and it's look and it looks like really dark on February first. I suppose it is possible that they could entertain it. 
Um, I doubt it. I but I don't. Yeah, if, I, if you're the Pelicans, why would you do that? You are limiting your trade possibilities. No, I, I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm just sort of. I'm a little bit playing devil's advocate and just saying let's leave the door cracked. Jackie, knowing mm-hmm. Danny Ainge the way you do, mm-hmm. do you think that Danny Ainge would trade for Anthony Davis even if there was no assurance of an extension and or even if he was saying I want to play in L.A.? Do you think he'd still do it? He would do it, risk. but he wouldn't. But he wouldn't give you the same package, and he'd be foolish to do so. It's kind well, of like true. Me, you that's know. True. So, like the, you know, we remember we heard about the Celtics and Jimmy Butler. I don't know how true any of that talk was, uh, but they were. You know, he's got he's got a team right now that clearly still has some issues to work out. There's no doubt about it. All of the game last night with Al back, Horford, you know, and Morris back, they looked fantastic. But they still have they still have issues. They're still working through things. But they have a team that. You know, has a very, it's not a short window. It's a long window. And so he doesn't have to do anything. And that's true. But let's, let me just set the table here. Let's say uh, Kevin Durant signs with a team that is not the Warriors. Let's say that Kevin Durant (laughs) wants to come to Boston just for argument's sake. So someone told, this is funny. Some GM said to me the other day, you know, they, remember, now they, remember he gave Boston a visit during his free agency. Remember he said they finished, he basically yeah. implied they finished second. Right. And so what I've learned, and maybe you guys already knew this, I did not. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are really tight. They work out together during the offseason. They make a trip every year to an island. I wrote it, so I should remember, but I, my brain's a sieve. Wherever they went. And In the Jason Bahamas, Tatum, right? Bahamas, thank you. And yeah. Jason Tatum was hanging out with them this summer and the summer before. So someone said to me, suggested to me the other day, don't sleep on Kevin Durant taking a second look at Boston, which I had never considered. Well, uh, um, he is. Now, it'd have to be a sign and trade, obviously. Right. You know, they don't have the money. They don't have the room. Well, so. uh, other than helping a team compete against you for a title, um, right. if, if Kevin Durant said to um, the Warriors, uh, I'm leaving. The Warriors would absolutely participate in the sign and trade, well, especially to Boston. Right, yeah. Um, anyway, so I'll just throw that in. Well, Jackie, I'm not fact. I'm not, you know, I'm just telling you. G- some GM got me thinking this way. I think it's very interesting. I also think that, like, to me, if I were the Warriors, okay, um, and they're going to probably have a pretty good idea by the by the end of the season slash finals whatever where kevin's head is maybe they won't but my guess is they will have a pretty good idea if they know it's a pretty good chance that kevin is interested in going elsewhere on july 1st and probably well before that but your number one priority has got to be to grab clay thompson give him a hug and say we love you please don't go anywhere because if you lock if you lock Clay and Steph is locked down and you lock Clay down, no matter what happens to Durant, no matter what happens to Draymond, who has one year left and wants an extension and that potentially could get messy. If you got those two guys locked down, you can at least say to yourself, okay, we have the splash brothers. This is where we started. Now let's, let's retrofit our team around these two guys again and we will we will build another champion we have these two guys and we have these yeah two you can say we've got the second best backcourt in northern california <laughs> let's go forward that's right we have the second <laughs> best backcourt and we know their ages are exactly accurate um oh, ooh. And, uh, ooh, I like that smells about that whole thing i'll <laughs> see that go um ooh, so yeah. uh but they're still in there you have hall of famers in their primes under contract and you know, if you, know, you would be willing to say, hey, listen, what if we took a couple of Celtics players that we liked the way they fit and we did a 
you know, sort of started our started our retrofit. I wouldn't call it a rebuild, but our retrofit if Durant walks. I think it's absolutely something they'd be willing to consider, even if Durant went to a team um, uh, that, uh, you know, had cap space. I think they'd be interested in signing and trading him. Nobody wants to lose anybody. Yeah, right. I mean, this is such a pie in the sky. I feel like we're get, really dangerous. What if you could get Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis? I don't think you can. How? Oh, you can. Jason Tatum is is getting traded to New Orleans in that in that scenario. Uh, Obviously, plus. Well, you know, if you trade, I mean, I I agree, Jackie. Let's just reiterate it again. This is just fantasy land, guys. Of course it is, and you can call shenanigans all you want. But but fantasy land was how like the Heat and the and the Warriors got built. You know, just so you know, and the Lakers to to I mean the whole LeBron to the Lakers thing. Well, it's been yeah, yeah, but that was never that was never fantasy land. We knew about that two years before it happened. But you could trade, you could. You could trade Gordon Hayward for Kevin Durant in a requested sign and trade, and then you could trade Marcus Smart um, and Jalen Brown and draft pick assets, or Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum, depending on how you wanted to go. Because oh well, um, I think they would want Tatum over Jalen Brown. But. Well, I'd, I'd only trade Tatum if I knew that Anthony Davis was absolutely going to extend. But I'll just put it yeah. this way: yeah, yeah. If, if you let's just take Durant out of it for a second. Let's go back to where we let's go back where we were in the start of this. If Kevin Durant were to leave, were to were to leave the Warriors to go to Team X, okay, yep. that's not the Celtics, okay. Um, and you're Danny Ainge, mm-hmm. and you like a team that you have, and think, my gosh, if we get Anthony Davis here, even if it's just even if we have no promise for one year, even if it's just we know we've got him for a year and his bird rights, I wouldn't try again. I would not trade Tatum in that re, in that regard. No. But there's a there's a trade to be made, and so you would have Hayward and Hor. I wouldn't trade Horford. You have Hayward and Horford and Kyrie and Tatum and Anthony Davis. Um, and okay, maybe you had to give away your draft assets. You had to give away Marcus Smart. You had to give away. Um, uh, You'd give away Jaylen almost Brown. anything. You'd give away okay. almost anything. For Don't you think, Davis. even for a one year shot at possibly winning a championship, that he would go for it? Yeah, I do. I mean, yeah. if you're if you're asking me, is like he's scared. <laughs> the answer is so unequivocally no. <laughs> right. He's not. Well, he's definitely not scared. That's no. not a question. Yeah, I mean, he's he's yeah, he he will. I mean, He'll this is this is kind of the same conundrum that the Rockets and Daryl Morey faced last season when they felt like they were close and they made all those the the big trade for Chris Paul to to go for it didn't work out for them, but. Functionally, it almost did. It almost did. It almost did. Yeah, but but it's not the same thing, Andrew, because they they knew they were were entering his prime instead of a guy exiting his prime. I just think it's so. You know, the guy who I'd love to get a candid interview with, and you'd never get it, but um, I'd love to hear Les Alexander. (sighs) When I mean, he gave up on the team. Not gave up, but he sold the team a year. Yeah, he didn't give up on the team. But. he had to know when he sold the team. He had just signed Harden <clears throat> to a historic extension, and he had just traded for Chris Paul, knowing that Chris Paul was going to want a preposterous match. Well, knowing that, that was going to not just—I mean, knowing it was happening. It's not like they made that decision last summer, right? But he, but he sold at the absolute peak yes, value. Um, two point two billion dollars. But can I just say this? What he I think turned eighty-five so- mil into two point two billion. But can I tell you what's so fascinating about that to me? Les Alexander plans to give all, almost all of his money away. 
it doesn't change the fact that it was a tremendous business decision. No, no, to no. Sell them I, but did. I'm just telling you, to me, that is incredible. Jackie, if but, uh, if you can tell me what line to stand in for that Les Alexander money, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> for giving it away, I don't think you're. I just, gonna, I just I think, think Les Alexander is a fascinating, fascinating man, and I have tried to interview him for many years, and he's just. He's not interested in that sort of thing, which makes me like him more, even though it's bad for us. <laughs> and I just think he's a really incredibly philanthropic guy. And so it is interesting that he got a great business deal, but it, but he's, he's gonna, you know, I, I just, I like that part of the story. Just his time, even if his goal was to, was to bank as much money as possible so he could give his more away. Whatever his goal for selling the team when he did, he sold it for a reason when he did. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's fine. I'll go you on. Know. Yeah. But but the, I just I just think that um, I, I I believe it's going to be hard for the Lakers to get their hands on Anthony Davis in twenty nineteen twenty. I don't know. I don't know. I don't agree. But we'll see. Well, it, uh, the agent. I think I don't. I don't know how much power he has, but it's there's that, that's a factor. And and if if. Rich Paul, with obviously the blessing of Anthony Davis, is determined to deliver him to the Lakers to play with LeBron. I, I don't think we can just kind of dismiss that. Is, is there a, is there another we topic we can switch week. to? Because we talked yeah. about this last week. Yeah, Denver Nuggets, man. Let's give Let the, the Nuggets talk, some love. I'm telling the you, nuggets. they're winning, winning, winning. Without Will Barton has barely played. Gary Harris is out. Why don't you guys want to talk Millsap, about Millsap, stuff. Millsap's out. Like I was there. The vibe in that town right now is incredible. Hey, I'm trying. I'm trying to claim them and add them to my uh, to, to my rotation. I mean, Jackie, do you think that uh, Denver is the second best team in the West? I do. I do because we haven't even seen them at their best yet. I mean, Will Barton in preseason, we we thought, oh no, this is bad. He's really important to them. And then Gary Harris goes down, and now Millsap, and they're still winning. And and, and look, Millsap and they're went so entertaining. Yeah, and Millsap <laughs> so went down, and that's what cost them the playoffs. Right, right. Last year, it, but it's it's a team that has has gotten has got has taken a step, a step, a step every year under Mike Malone, and now they've taken this leap. And Jokic is, I mean, he he legitimately should be in the premier sure not yet even mid-season MVP conversation. He's, yeah, he's they're, they're the number one team in the West, and he's having an unbelievable season. Brian, uh, do you also think that they're the second best team in the West? No, I think the Thunder are the second best team in the West. Right, um, I'm with you. The Thunder, who just lost at home last night to a Minnesota team that previously was top. Well, yep. and the Thunder, the Thunder have lost twice the to the Nuggets. Totally. Yep. We've lost twice to the Nuggets already. Yep. And we're That's so frustrated that, that Russell Westbrook felt compelled to push Jamal Murray out of the um, <laughs> jump ball circle. I think hey, I'm just going to give you – I'm going to give you advice. Can I mention something don't, don't mess with the guy who grew up studying Bruce Lee. Yep, got that straight. And I'll tell you something else. Um, we haven't even talked about Isaiah Thomas and what he might be able to do for the Denver Nuggets. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. And, and, by the way, and by the way, Michael Porter. Do you realize Michael Porter Jr. is on this team? That's the name that I keep hearing. So um, Unbelievable. I, I, I can't remember if I said it on this podcast. I think I might have, Andrew, but somebody I know who's attended a couple of Nuggets practice, not with the Nuggets organization, somebody who's just attended some Nuggets practices is – been raving about him and yep. he's been working with mark price 
Yep. And they just can't believe how well he's shooting the ball. So, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a you pretty severe injury, that but back he's, injury. He's not coming back this season. I think oh, there's a chance. I think I the think chance so. he is. I disagree. I think, so. I think there's a chance he's back. And we haven't, again, so Monty Morris, like who, no, people didn't even know who that dude was. He still has the best See, that, and turnover ratio. I'm telling you, these guys, there's a lot going on with this team that's worth noting and Jack, worth paying attention to. Yes, dear. The Monty Morris thing, that's where I get into, okay, is Isaiah Thomas coming back and throwing him in the mix? Is that something that's really a good thing for the Nuggets? Well, we'll or see. do you just want to keep rolling out? Monty Morris, who's, I mean, but here, been unbelievable. This dude's 49% from the floor. No, I know. 44.9 from three-point range. Like you said, the assistant turnover ratio. He's he's one of the best backup point guards in the league. Do you need he Isaiah is, Thomas you, taking well, minutes here's what that I'd say about guy that. who's developing? But here's what I'd say about that, Tim. You don't have – it doesn't have to be one or the other. And you can play Isaiah in a different way that Isaiah is going to have to accept, which I think he will because, my goodness, he's running out of teams yeah. and chances, okay? You you bring Isaiah Thomas off the bench and he gets, you know, we know he's a streak shooter and he can penetrate. So you use him judiciously. You don't you don't have to feature him. He doesn't have to take away Monty Morris's minutes. There's a way to use both of those guys. All I'm saying is it's another weapon, you know, scoring. I remember Danny Ainge, I said to him once, he – you know, he's, they're a defensive team, right? They're built to be a defensive team. And I said something about, I forget who it was. One of the defensive players, they let go. And I said, I thought you really valued defense. He said, I do. But I can always find a defensive player. Give me an instant score, and I'll take him all day long. Because you can't find those anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I still think that Isaiah Thomas has a skill set that used properly can help the Nuggets, not hurt them, not affect their chemistry. And by the way, if he does, you cut him loose. Right. He make enough money anyway. So, so you can move on from that. Well, the, the 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 Nuggets are not in position to turn down any depth. They just had to recently right. sign somebody because they had the hardship exception because of so many injuries. Right, um, and but those guys are coming back. You know, get no, Barton right. and Gary Harris. They're they're playing. They're participating in practice. They're going to be back. Yeah. Um, the, but one thing that happened early in the season, uh, in the preseason, actually, um, <clears throat> they signed Mike Malone to a contract extension. And I thought it was amazing at the time because, you know, Malone hadn't made the playoffs. And, um, you know, he's a guy – and I've known Mike Malone for 13 years, 14 years. So I I openly admit I have an affinity for him as a person because I've known him for so long. Plus he's a hell of a quote. <laughs> well, that's true. He's um, just a good coach. I coached his – I mean, I've, I've, I, as you guys know, covered his dad. <laughs> great guy. Oh, Great amazing guy. guy. Uh, yeah. Knew Brendan before I knew Mike, actually. But um, so anyway, but, you know, first off, Stan Kroenke does not like to give out coaching extensions. In fact, it was over a contract dispute that George Carl quit. Uh, you know, he was. The, okay. The, but, right. Calling shenanigans again because it's George oh. Carl. You got to throw oh. everything on. Fair. Fair. Uh, but my point off. is <laughs> the, the guy won coach of the year and uh, Stan Kroenke didn't want to extend him. Now, I'm not saying it was a bad decision, but I'm just saying, like, Kroenke is famous for being very judicious in how he hands that stuff out. And, um, in fact, is that a fancy way to say cheap? Well, I don't know if he's cheap. I I think he's one of the richest men in the world, and he's one of the most successful sportsmen. How's their their G League team doing? Well, they they don't have one. 
How many NBA teams don't have one? This Let doesn't me just seem say, like Tim wants to actually adopt this team. He's made this big show. It's like he wanted to add this team, and now he's bashing the entire organization. Uh, so right. I'm not. Let me just, I'll let me tell you. Let I, me love, just, I love. I love the, the roster, the coaching staff. I just think there's you know to not have a two, G League team. Two quick things about all in. Two two quick things about Stan Kroenke. One. The way he maneuvered, I know no, probably nobody on this podcast cares, but the way he maneuvered the situation in Los Angeles to get the stadium and get both teams there that would benefit him for the football, the football team, uh, the, the Rams, and then he, you know, outfoxed, uh, you know, a bunch of smart people who thought they had influence to get the, the Chargers there and, and outfoxed the other stadium deals. Don't ever go up against that man and think that you're going to have a chance because when he enters a deal, he thinks he's going to win. Secondly, if you don't, if you want more about that, Google it. It's an amazing maneuver. He outmaneuvered, uh, some remarkably successful people. Um, secondly, the Denver Nuggets two years ago, I got my hands on the financials in the league and I wrote a story about it and it pissed off Adam Silver that I was able to get it, but I got to see all the numbers and the Nuggets spent Nuggets spending was at the very bottom. They're spending on mm-hmm. everything. They're spending on scouting. They're spending on their front office. Um, and when you looked at the actual numbers, it was amazing. Uh, they they broke almost exactly even. I think they lost like a hundred thousand um, dollars for the season uh, on their on their books. They didn't make the playoffs. Had they made the playoffs, they would have been deep in the black. But they essentially broke even for the season. And I think they made some trades and stuff at the end of the year to make sure that they broke even. But the way that the Nuggets fit into the to the to the revenue sharing pie, they hit the exact numbers, just exactly how you have to hit them, and they got a twenty-seven million dollar check from uh-huh. the partners. So Stan Kroenke was probably sitting in that in those board of governors meetings and looking at guys like Dan Gilbert and Joe Lakeup who were spending in the repeater tax and losing money on championship level teams, saying, uh, "You think you won the trophy? I won the trophy. I spent as little money as possible, and you all gave me twenty seven million dollars." So Kroenke is you can call him cheap. I just think he's a relentless businessman, and he remember he was taught business by a man named Sam Walton, uh, who he married Sam Walton's daughter from Walmart. And um, so, you know, we could go on and on about Stan Kroenke here, but just know that that's the man you're dealing with. And Mike Malone was in the last year of his contract, a little bit on the hot seat. Uh, You know, if they had not gotten off to a really good start, you know, would have been, I think, on the hot seat. And technically, I know his son, Josh, is the de facto owner of the team. But you talk to anybody in the league when it comes to extending a contract, you know, for 10 plus million dollars, Stan is going to be, you know, be abreast of that situation and sign off on it or not. And um, and so the fact that they gave Mike Malone that contract extension, even though he was kind of on the hot seat showed me that the front office was 100% in belief on this team. And not only that, and I think this is more important because of what I just said, Stan Kroenke believes in this team uh, that his son Josh helped build with Tim Connolly. Yeah, Tim Connolly does a great job. I mean, you know, I was talking to Tim Connolly about drafting Jamal Murray, right? So he was convinced that Phoenix or I forget who picked, oh, Chicago picked ahead of him. And And they, they. Right. When they came out of the draft lottery, yeah, Buddy Hill. Buddy Hill's actually turned out to be, you know. A really good player. So. Yeah, he's playing well. But anyway, so he's, he was telling me that when they walked out. a lot this year. Yes. When they, <laughs> when they walked out of the. Someone would um, say two years and one. Yeah. Okay. Um, but when they walked out of the draft lottery, 
he, they were so bummed out because they're like, we're never going to get Jamal Murray. We're just never going to get him. And then everything just sort of fell the right way. And Jamal Murray might be one of the best bargains in basketball because, you know, he's still on that. He's right. in, you know, he's, what does he make this year? Four million or maybe still less. Three deal, million. Yep. Yeah, 3.4 or whatever. And, and they, again, they made some decisions. They could have rolled the dice and kept Jokic. They, they had Jokic under contract for this year for like a, a million five or a million six. He would have been unrestricted, but there were years and circumstances where Stan Kroenke might have gone that way. And instead, they gave him the largest raise in the history of the NBA, 25 million bucks. Um, And this is this is relevant. So um, I do think that it's it's they also Brian, they also paid Gary Harris and Will Barton both. That's right. And and they did that knowing they were going to have to pay Jamal Murray. Yeah. No, they've got it lined up to where it looks like they're probably not going to pick up Paul Millsap's option. Uh, yeah, yeah, they'd be on the hook for $30 million. Yeah, so they're probably going yeah, to let him go. Them. But, I mean, yeah. Stan, my, my point on this is Stan is spending on this team. Well, and he, and, 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 well but there are other times when he should and didn't. Yeah. Well, and they've got uh, one of the best young cores in the league. When you, when you talk about Jokic and, and Murray and Harris, Jokic might end up being the best passing big man of all, all time. How's that for some hyperbole? No shenanigans calling there. Okay, no. okay. Let, let, let me ask well, you this. I mean, let me ask you this. Walton, okay. Come to mind. I, I, I get, I'm, I'll, I'll stick with and I'll stick with what I just said. Jokic averaged six point one assists per game last year. Seven point three this year, but at six point one, how many big men average more than that for a season? Yeah, the problem though, one of the reasons that is, and it's one of his weaknesses, in my opinion, is he doesn't shoot enough. They they spend half their day trying to convince him to take more shots. So he's one of the few guys in the league that everybody in their team is saying, pass less, shoot more. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, Mike Malone said this week, or I guess it was last week now, that you know he thought Jokic should be an MVP candidate. Let me just say, if the Nuggets uh, end up in the top spot in the West or even in the top two spots in the West, which probably means, you know, 58 to 62 wins, yeah. Uh, Jokic will be on some ballots at fourth or fifth, <laughs> um, yeah. but but a fair assessment of Jokic is that there are times when he disappears, um, and there are times where he just won't shoot, and times you know like they'll play a game whether it's a big game or not, and he scores eight points. And granted, I know that he's generating more offense and he's way more than a score, but if you're going to be on the MVP ballot, you know you need to not have games where you score eight points. Yeah, you got to be the answer is Will Chamberlain. Just in case you were wondering, the only center ever average more assists in a season. Well, also a center who decided, you know what? I think this year I'll lead the league in assists, and then went out and did it. <laughs> well, that's I always yeah. say that if there's any statistic that ever comes up where you're the first since Wilt or the only other than yeah. Wilt, you've arrived because it means that like the the stats guys have thrown up their hands because they yeah. run into the statistical wall and, that right. uh, he was. But you know what though. And the the huge question about Jokic, as much as we're talking about, you know, shoot more. The guy's averaging eighteen again, eighteen, ten, and and seven point three assists per game. The, the the biggest question about is, can you ever be a decent defensive team if Jokic is your starting center? And the Nuggets are a really good defensive team right now. They're and, in the top eight, not, top eight in defensive yeah, stunning. efficiency it's just, right now. That, that and, is and I'm one not of the most stunning because things of him, season. but clearly. Clearly, he's at least figured out. And look, the Mavericks did it with Dirk for. Years and years. You're going to have to scheme to, you know, try to mask 
your franchise player's deficiencies on that end as much as possible. And then that franchise player has to at least be a smart, willing team defender. And I think Jokic has gotten to that point where obviously he's never going to be a great rim protector and, you know, you're not going to ask him to, you know, you're going to try to protect him as much as possible. But if he's, if he plays hard and he's smart and he's in the right spots on that end and you're scheming around him, you got good players around him, they're doing what the Mavericks did for years. And that's, you know, being a, a good defensive team, right. despite the fact you've got a perennial all-star who, who needs a lot of help on that end. Yeah, but they got they got dirt dogs on their team, you know. That kid Tory Craig, he'll guard all day. Juan Hernan Gomez, he's been like mm-hmm. a real. They they've got dirt dogs. They've got guys that like their roles. Malik Beasley, those guys have all contributed. They're a great oh, team, and and most of them are non lottery picks that they've. You know, yeah. one of the things about this team is um, the highest pick that they've had in this run uh, of building this team is seven. Um, you know, they have not been blessed with high picks and part of right. it's because of their performance, but they have never gotten lucky. Right. Um, right. Unlucky. Well, actually, they get, hey, there's some luck getting Jokic. Well, that, that, 41. That, that, I, I know mean, it's not I'm, lottery luck, but yeah. Well, they would say that they were, you know, luck favored to prepare mind. They drafted him, but he's better than yeah. they, they thought. But, um, you know, you know, who it reminds me of is frankly the, the warriors, you know, if you right. look at the way yeah, the warriors exactly. were built, they the highest pick they had was seven. They drafted Steph and Harrison Barnes, both at the number seven pick. I think um, uh, now they, now just now you're fairness, talking the pre KD Warriors. Yes, the way the, they the, the homegrown Warriors. Yeah. Now let me just say, in fairness, they did draft Moutier at like five, four or five, and that didn't work out. But he's on their roster right now. Right. The guys that they have right, right now, uh, it wasn't like they traded Moutier for a top three pick. Um, they, they pretty much dumped him. Um, yeah. You know, the Warriors, you know, basically they got Harrison Barnes and Steph at the seventh pick. They got Clay, I think, at 11, 11 or something like that. Uh, Draymond was a second round pick, uh, yeah. you know, not far off where Jokic was picked. I mean, they're kind of built the same type of way. Now, again, in fairness, they don't have a Steph Curry on that roster. Uh, but if, you know, you take your hat no, off. No, but they've got, a, that, they've got a legit franchise player in Jokic, though. And, they do. The, and, and everybody loves Jokic. I mean, Everybody. And I would say that the way they kind of – the big free agent signing that they did was Millsap, was sort of like a veteran savvy guy, defender, not unlike the way that they signed Iguodala. You know? Um, I mean there's some similarities in the way that, that uh, the Warriors and Nuggets were built. So yeah, and, and, and you look at their best players. Jokic, 23 years old. Harris, 24 years old. Uh, how old is uh, Jamal Murray? Jamal Murray Like 21. Is, yeah, he's – He's twenty one. So I'm. I mean, you you talk about twenty three and under cores. Like, man, that's uh, you know, ain't ain't too many that that you can put up against Denver's. Yeah. So this is the best Christmas gift ever. The Hoop Collective Christmas gift you have given me to finally talk about these Denver Nuggets. You'd be very happy. <laughs> All right. Well, that was that. We'll wrap it there then. And Jackie, thank you very much. Uh, don't let the tree fall over on you, please. Oh, it's tied up. Safe. It is tied up. Like, <laughs> this is never. Wouldn't it be funny if it fell on Bontemps, though? Wouldn't that be? Oh, actually, my God. I would suggest rigging it to make that happen and make sure you have some video. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, don't spike his eggnog. And um, he's, not spike. Old, he, he's not old enough to his own. <laughs> and um, thank you, uh, Andrew, for getting up early. And thank you for everybody listening. We all hope you have a happy holiday season. And um, we will talk to you soon. And Merry yes, Christmas to young Dane Windhorst. Merry Aww. Christmas, my little friend. Aww. He likes the wrapping paper more than the presents. That's all right. That's good for you.
Low maintenance, unlike his daddy. A programming <laughs> note that uh, Brian Windhorst and the Hoop Collective will be off until 2019. So, oh, okay. Yes, um, unless there's an emergency. If there's an emergency, you know, Durant gets traded to the Celtics, we'll be on it. <laughs> 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 I agree. <laughs> yeah. um, I-